HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Yolele, the revolutionary African foods company. Learn more at yolele.com. This week on Meet and 3, we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month with an episode about memory. I've always read and sort of approached cookbooks for more than the recipes. To me, they are full of narrative content and narrative value. So Malama Aina basically means to take care of the land. For us as Hawaiians, it's taking care of our older sibling. But I do remember like definitely feeling like self-conscious about it, like being the only one who kind of wasn't eating a sandwich and like didn't have a bag of goldfish or Lunchables. Listen to Meet and 3 wherever you get your podcasts. Life's a banquet, a show with highs and lows of all things. Edible, spreadable, and pourable, and adorable. With me, your host, Tony the Tiger. Top of that. And me, the little guy from the Lucky Charms. <laughs> Leprechaun. Yes, <laughs> yes that, little, that little bugger, the old devil. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, well, it's fine. How's it going with you? Mm. also fine mediocre at absolute best to be honest but that being said i'm really thrilled to be here i'm sitting in a squeaky chair so oh, strap in for that the, staff, the people the hate listeners they love that so it's good that you did that for them <laughs> i'm still hate listening to this other true crime podcast that we spoke about whenever we last recorded i can't stop but i i hate it so much it's so bad in every way i just can't believe that you're still listening to it I know. I can't believe it either. And all I just every time I'm listening to it, I'm like, just I make a decision consciously before I put it on. I was like, this is another hour of your life that you're literally wasting and will never get back doing something that you don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Yet I'm doing it anyway. The majority of my life right now. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been rough, and I'm I'm punishing myself. I think. with this very, very stupid, very pro-law enforcement podcast. That's the worst part about it. I mean, it is poorly researched and annoying to listen to, um, (laughs) but it's also very pro-death penalty and pro-law enforcement. I find myself just like getting so upset and like, I'm just peering into my future as an old man that yells at the television. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, you are there, I think. Yeah, I'm really sinking into it. Now, Nicole, I have something that uh, I have to tell you. Um, before we recorded this podcast, I was making a chocolate cake. Uh-huh. And uh, I was licking a lot of batter off of the spatula after I put the batter, you know, into the cake pan and I was licking the bowl. I was really having a great time. And I looked in the mirror and I had a full on chocolate mustache. Oh, and like a toddler. Like a toddler. And I was like, I'm going to save this for the podcast because Nicole <laughs> will think this is funny. And then I remembered <laughs> that we don't record with video. So I'm just sitting here with a chocolate mustache. Are you just still for myself. On? Yes, I, it's still with me. Um, well, I have so much to talk to you about. Tell uh, me. First of all, because we didn't record last week, I made a list of things that were happening that I was like, this is going to be great for the podcast. Thank God. So the first one is now, you guys are listening to this, this is years old, but um, <laughs> Obama said that aliens are real. Did you see that? Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see that, but you know, it sounds like another liberal gaslighting move on Obama's part. He was what do like, you think? We don't have any like, like they say that we did in the X Files, but they're real. And I didn't yeah. read the article for context, so you guys need to do your own research, okay? I Just wonder if any. I wonder if any headlines. Obama, yes, ripped from the headlines. I did not know that Obama said aliens are real, but I'm glad that he was the one to break it to us, America's dad. Barack Obama. Then the other two things are sad. Um, Charles Grodin died. And that was very sad for like me and potentially you and like one other person that I know. And everyone else is like, who is that guy? A very also, small fan club. I didn't realize that that man who plays a normal father of three or two or something was 57 years old when he filmed Beethoven. <laughs> oh my God. He looked at How old was he when he died? Like, 115? I don't know. Beethoven <laughs> was like 40 years ago. Yeah, it was in the 90s. So it was. It was. Uh, I love Beethoven. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> but I love Charles Grodin. He was basically, pardon me, hold on. <clears throat> I have seasonal allergies. Or maybe 24, 365 allergies. It feels like I always have them. Um, Agreed. You're a very allergic person. Charles Grodin was in, just like basically starting in the late 60s but really coming to prominence in the seventies. I feel like he was in every single movie that came out in the seventies. Like, yeah, he was, he was a, a very big character actor and, you know, also like not really necessarily a leading man, but he he had some good parts. He was a yeah. great actor and seemingly a nice guy. I can't believe he was 57 years old in Beethoven, yeah. but it does explain his lack of patience for I the family of St. Bernard. Sure. 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 He's like David Letterman, but um, he's like, Here's what I don't understand. So it's like the 90s or whatever, and they're casting, you know, the daughter from the nanny, Nicole Tom, we share the same name. Um, Mm -hmm. They're casting the (laughs) St. Bernard or two or however many they need. (laughs) And they're like, we need a father character, you know, for this like probably low budget movie. Yeah. Why? How did Charles Grodin even come up? They're like, we need, you know, a man of this age. I guess it's just because in Hollywood, it literally doesn't matter how old you are if you're a man. You can play any age. <laughs> totally. I mean, that St. Bernard was probably at least 12. Uh, Charles Grodin is a great straight man, and he really did do a great job in that role next to the, you know, the St. Bernard, which was obviously like the goofball character, and he was a great straight <laughs> man. But 
I do agree. Seven. Like you would never, they would never in a million years cast a 57 year old woman to play no. his wife. That's very true. Can you imagine? <laughs> they won't even let Rue McClanahan just be any age. Also, she, she is not 50 in that picture, I don't think, but whatever. It doesn't matter. No, that's, I just had a discussion with my friends, Jess and Trina, about that the other day. And they were very, they were both very happy that we uh, discussed it on the podcast, the injustices of comparing Rue McClanahan, besmirching her name, comparing her to Jennifer Lopez, for all we know is one of the aliens Barack Obama is alluding to, to be honest. That is interesting that you said that. And we're going to come back to that. But I have one more sad thing to talk about first. Yes. And that is that Paul Mooney also died. <gasps> really? You didn't know? No, I had no idea. I love Paul Mooney. I know. He's wonderful. And so somebody on Twitter was like, go back and rewatch his takedown of, he has that Saturday Night Live where he's making fun of, like the, there's two white women that are like, I love this movie. And he's like, why? This, this, and this. So he talks about The Last Samurai, which to be honest, I always forget that the plot of The Last Samurai is that <laughs> it's the Civil War. And Tom Cruise is in it. And he's like a super good swordsman, I assume. And he goes to Japan and teaches people in Japan how to be samurais. So Tom Cruise is the last samurai. It's absurd. He also references, I remember that skit. He also references like, he's like Brad Pitt's the Mexican. Tom Cruise is the last Mm -hmm. samurai. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's a very fun. Paul Mooney was a fucking genius. Do we know how he, how he passed? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Oh, that's he was, a sad one. Know, older, and I don't know. But if, if you guys, guys know, aren't yeah. familiar, you should definitely go back and check out that. So just do Paul Mooney, The Last Samurai, and have a nice time. Totally. And also, he did great things on Chappelle's show and in his stand-up career. He was a really funny guy. He was a really great, really, really great, talented, Wonderful. dry comedian. Yeah. So good. Oh, that sucks. That's really sad. Um, okay, so Go getting on. back to Jennifer Lopez, before I begin, I just want to point out that this all began back in the day on a whim. I just casually mentioned because I thought it was hilarious that Ben Affleck <laughs> had broken up with his girlfriend, <laughs> who was much younger than him, and that someone, a servant of theirs, had thrown away her cardboard cutout <laughs> in the trash. <laughs> and I think that. I must be, I have like celebrity psychicness because who knew that we would start this thread before what is arguably the most exciting paparazzi time in Ben Affleck's life. That's true. We're ahead of our time. So now it's like, it's just like, it was, we didn't intend for this to happen. How could we possibly have known? Who could have um, possibly? I mean, clearly you did. You have some kind of seventh or eighth sense. I just think it's so funny of all the, I was like, this is the most like irrelevant celebrity currently like this is the guy that's the most fun to talk about because like literally no one gives a shit about this guy and he is like the most important celebrity that if you're you know if you're not extremely young in your 20s whatever people are talking about so can i take a quick break i want to ask you a question though about ben affleck yeah I don't think we really have many like movie stars nowadays. And I think it's because there's just so many celebrities, right? Like, but I think is Ben Affleck, he's like one of the last real movie stars. No, no. You don't think so? I think he's considered a movie star. You don't think he's in like, I consider some of the last real movie stars to be like George Clooney, 
Ben Affleck, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt. There are no more movie stars after that. You don't think he's one of them, though. I just don't put Ben Affleck and Brad Pitt in the same category. Well, they're not as good, obviously, or as attractive. But, like, I do think they might be equally as famous. I don't, I mean, I guess Ben Affleck was in, like, Armageddon and some other war movie with, like, a ship or something, 1942 or whatever. Lots of ship movies. Pearl Harbor. (laughs) Exactly. D-Day. I don't know. I just, maybe it's just my personal bias, but I don't think, I wouldn't be, like, Ben Affleck is one of the last movie stars. I would be, like, Brad Pitt is one of the last movie stars. I I agree. Yes, I do know what you mean. And I would like to agree with you because I don't really care for Ben Affleck, despite you would surprisingly, despite the fact that we talk about him all the time. He's really not one of my favorite. I don't like him at all. In fact, I hate him. In fact, I hope he dies. He's not in the top 10. He will die. (laughs) I wouldn't fuck him with your dick. (laughs) He will die. We all die. But um, no, I take that back. I don't hope he dies. But I do not really like love him as an actor, except for in Mallrats, which is I think him just being himself. But I anyway, love the movie Armageddon, but he actually kind of sucks in it. <laughs> yeah, he like looks. He's the kind of guy who like always looks like his lips are wet and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> and then he made an animal cracker crawl up Liv Tyler's like underwear line. Like why? While her dad sang the theme song behind. It's such a hilarious time to be like. It is. And able to witness that. (laughs) An animal cracker crawling to her. I'll never forget it. Um, Also, I just saw, that reminds me of a hilarious pop culture Twitter that hopefully, I think most of our listeners are elderly like us. um, Mm -hmm. But they're like, (laughs) I'd rather be too old to not know how to use TikTok than to be too young to remember when Marissa shot Trey to that Imogen Heap song on the OC. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Or not know who the fucking Snapple lady is. Oh my God. But that was so funny to me because it's like, it was like such a cultural moment. Although I watched the OC after it had already completed itself. It's like such the, the, the writer just like didn't know what to do with Marissa. You guys really need to watch the OC. But um yes, please. Yeah. And they played that horrible cheesy song to it. It's that's just hilarious dude. a time in our lives. Okay. So getting back to our sorry, main, yes, I derailed us. Our main topic, which is Ben Affleck. So I didn't have a ton of time today. I've been very busy. Um but it, it okay us magazine reported yesterday so some of you might already know this that jennifer lopez and ben affleck were spotted kissing <gasps> at the gym Ew! come on guys kissing at the gym why do they even they don't have their own gym they go to like a fucking blink fitness or something so i was like okay this is it they they've been caught but there it doesn't appear that there's any photographic evidence so then of course us magazine is full of like obviously fake like insider like they're just waiting for when it's a good time for them to come out about being a couple and i'm like this is not a real this is not a real person that would say this um so yeah so they have this big headline but then they doesn't look like there's any photographic evidence however they were at the gym together we know that much so i'm saying i mean it still could be that she's just trying to like get him out of a bad place with her like super fit wellness you know, maybe she's trying to start like a wellness retreat for celebrities for whom rehab doesn't work. You know, like maybe that's what she's doing. I don't think so. I think they're boning. I think yeah, they're boning. I mean, obviously they're boning. Yeah, they're doing it to each other. 
How interesting. Just, I wonder if they'll make a Geely too. Oh my God. Yes. I don't think that that will happen. Um, it could. Just, Anything could happen. More likely they're going to make a fucking Armageddon too. Cause that movie made them a lot of money. Holy Not Jennifer Lopez, but shit. Hollywood. Wow, dude. So like Jennifer interesting. Lopez. Ben Affleck will just play himself or maybe he'll play Bruce Willis. And then oh my god, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez will play like, Steven Tyler. No, I think she'll play. Yeah, okay, she could also do the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> she could do Steve Buscemi, or or no, it's Billy Bob Thornton. That's who she could be. Perfect, perfect <laughs> casting. I just want to ask J Lo a question, and this is from a person that has picked many terribly disgusting boyfriends in the past. <laughs> but just <laughs> so J Lo, I. <laughs> What's your, what's the deal? You are obviously, you've been deemed hotter than Rue McClanahan, which is still up for debate. You've got it all. You've got a, an ass that just won't quit. Beautiful hair, money, family. Why Ben Affleck of all fucking people? Come on. And Alex Rodriguez? Like, no. I mean, A-Rod was a big red flag. Like, why would... What a fucking and I never say this word, but like, what a douchebag. I just say like, don't date anyone that Kate Hudson has dated. Just don't do that. Oh, that is a great rule of thumb. She's dated A-Rod? Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. Way before Jennifer Lopez married that guy or did they ever get married? I don't know. I wonder if he wears like a, a baseball <clears throat> helmet while he's having sex. Um, he though. <laughs> he's he looks good he probably does not wear one but um i want to just read you this headline from the daily mail which i think is hilarious jennifer lopez meditates looking fresh as a daisy while ben affleck puffs on a cigarette (laughs) (laughs) what is she doing jennifer please come to your senses you can do so much better I bet Jennifer Lopez has never smoked. I bet she was one of those people that just didn't do it, you know? She hasn't, and she doesn't drink either. She's, like, never drank alcohol. Well, maybe that's good for Ben. He's trying to dry out. Yeah, I guess, maybe. I, I just, mean, how did they, were they always talking? Because they did, I remember, like, as time has passed, they're like, oh, yeah, we still talk, which, of course, is, like, that's not true. Like, you don't still talk to your ex of 35 years ago maybe, um, regularly, know. but maybe they always did. Some love, Nicole, just never goes away. Unfortunately, I can speak from experience because I am still with my high school boyfriend. I also, I just, yeah, I don't, I mean, she's probably at the point where she's like, who am I going to end up with if not this loser? But, um. Yeah, it's either him or like fucking Gilbert Gottfried or Or I take A-Rod back and know that he's going to constantly be cheating on me. But, um, the other thing is that pictures came out when all this started happening of them when they were dating for real and there's just like this gross picture of them on a yacht he's just like grabbing her bikini ass in such a like i mean it's like so i don't know it upset me even though they were together i was like i just don't like i'm like stop objectifying her (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's he's the i don't know jayla i think call into the show let us know what what the deal is what's so appealing about obviously he must have a big penis i mean Let's be honest. Sure. Here. Yeah, I guess. But so. so do a lot of people, and some people don't. Is that the most important thing? I, I mean, wouldn't I, think Ben Affleck. He, the, I mean, his she, penis, he's attached to it. She's practically fifty, though. Just think about this. Every time you get to know someone, it's a roll of the dice whether or not they're going to have an appropriate size for what you want, depending mm-hmm. on what you're talking about, yep. right? Yeah, and sure. you don't have. It's not like you're in your twenties when you can literally look at fifteen or twenty a week. You yeah. know. 
this mm-hmm. is your 50. Like if someone wants to show it to you and you already know what the deal is, that's okay. You got to take what you can get. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely stuck around for, um, a good penis before. And I don't know. I, I regret it. <laughs> I think I could have done better, but I mean, whatever. God bless to them. I have a question about a news story. Do we have anything more to cover on Ben Affleck? No, but I do have one more uh, headline that I think is really funny. I wonder if it's going to be the one that I was going to mention. Go ahead. Uh, J-Lo is single-handedly making Ben Affleck hot again. (laughs) (laughs) Just what you were saying. Yeah, exactly. Remember his horrible back tattoo that everyone was like, that's not real, but it was. What happened? Did he get a new back? No, he has a huge, he got like a huge back tattoo. Of like I know, but like, is it gone? Is it, does no, he still it's have still it? there. Jennifer Lopez has to look at that. I guess not when they're having sex for the most part, but. That's true, unless she's behind him. She could be pegging him or something, but who knows? <laughs> who cares? Uh, <laughs> anyway, for the most wow. part, she probably doesn't have to see it. <laughs> right. Good for, good for you. Just always make sure to walk in front of that man while you're at the beach. Um, I want to talk about what's on everybody's mind. Um, okay. we've already briefly discussed it. It's, per- it's perplexing. It's food based. It is friend of the show. Chris Angel, uh, has recently opened a new restaurant concept, mm-hmm. the mind treat himself, and it is called Cablip. <laughs> what is it called? Cablip. It's called Cablip spelled. How do you spell that? C A B. LP. Cab lip. Cab um, LP. Yeah. Cab. No, no. Cab. More like C-A blip. Cab lip. And did you look up the pronunciation? <laughs> I did. It says it right here. It's pronounced. <laughs> it just uh, in this article I'm reading, it says it's pronounced cab lip, but it's spelled. Oh, yeah. It's spelled cab LP, but it's pronounced cab lip. I'm going to say it again. It's called cab lip. It stands for Chris Angel Breakfast, Lunch, and Pizza. <laughs> I just Googled this and Vice has an article said that says, is Chris Angel's Cablip the worst restaurant name of all time? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know why he did this. I stopped really researching it. But um, it says Cablip will serve American comfort food from breakfast to pizza, as the name implies. Angel also promises a vodka cocktail called the Mind Freeze. Uh, and 100 for... <laughs> Oh my God. And 100 flavors of Italian ice. 100 flavors? Uh, uh, is, he, is he Italian? He, I think he's an Italian and I think that he's a mind, I mean, we do know that he's a mind freak. Yeah. He can turn anything into ice, any food. I love that he's promising, he's like, no matter what you guys, there will be a cocktail called Mind Freak and it's going to have vodka in it. I can't it's tell like you anything Mind else. freeze, dude. Mind freeze. Oh, mind freeze. Like, okay. Mind freeze. It better be frozen then, because if it's not, it's hot. That's the last straw. <laughs> it's like a hot toddy. <laughs> mm, a nice mulled vodka drink. Oh my god, Chris Angel, listen, reconsider. I beg you. Although I do love Italian ice. I mean, there are places like uh, Ralph's that has like a lot of flavors of Italian ice, but I don't think a hundred. No, I like even the best, most respected, been around since the, you know, year one, Italian ice places don't have a hundred flavors. So just like, stop. 
Don't you do that. You only need like five flavors. You need a cherry, a lemon, a rainbow, a chocolate, although I don't really like that, but it's still important to have, a pineapple. That's pistachio. it. Pistachio. You need and a like pistachio. a custard flavor. Yeah, like a spumoni. And then they're, you don't need any. Maybe a vanilla chip. Again, not really. No, they're going to have... But- they're going to have like really bad flavors, like passion fruit, strawberry, awareness, yeah. <laughs> Midori and sweat. <laughs> Midori. They are probably going to have a Midori flavor. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only news that I had that I wanted to discuss. Did you have any other headlines that you wanted to get into? Oh, I'm afraid you recovered anything that was fit to print this week or last week. Do you think that Ben Affleck will ever come on the show. I think that with the traction that we're getting with all of this new content, like we've really like our listenership has gone up like zero. So (laughs) I think that um, with that kind of attention, it's only a matter of time for either him, JLo, you know, it could be A-Rod. It could be Kate Hudson. B-Rod. Somebody will come on. Rodney Dangerfield's ghost. Okay, so should we get into our topic today, Nicole? Oh, yeah, we should get into our topic today. Okay, so this is going to be a two-parter, I think, because we both have kind of long stories, and we're revisiting our favorite topic and yours, the foods of the 1990s. Yeah, it's so much information to mine there. We simply must revisit it over and over. This could just be like a 1990s food podcast. And I Mm -hmm. also just want to briefly mention, I know that the teens love the 1990s and that's cute and cool and good for you all but like (laughs) when you're from the 1990s it's not just like a you know a gimmicky thing we really we we bleed uh zima and crystal clear amica ultimate but i'm telling you this is exactly what was happening when i was in high school my known parents who are like who would have been probably around my age now when i was in high school yeah um were like what are you doing wearing like clothes from the sixties? And like, why do you want to wear this polyester outfit? Like, why do you want to dress like you're from the sixties? Why do you want to recreate Woodstock? Why are the Beatles re-releasing albums post posthumously? Right. right, And so it's like, what goes around comes around. It's just funny that we've seen it now. It's actually true. So like every 20 years, the, whatever the culture was 20 years before becomes cool again, because we don't have anything else going for us. (laughs) totally uh-huh. you can't create anything right. new so um yeah so the kids yes it is sad to see your own high school experience regurgitated before your very eyes while you still happen <laughs> to be wearing it see here's the thing my parents weren't still walking around in like paisley suits yeah that's in the 90s <laughs> imagine they were but they, like, just, then, they just had matching paisley suits the but 90s, they were divorced the, <laughs> the 90s really never totally like they went away obviously very deeply in the early 2000s which was a horrible time for all of us um but they really have been back for a while and i it's such it was a classic look so i feel like that it's a little bit more insulting for me because i'm competing with these gen zers for like levi's on ebay because they want to wear the same outfits that kate or that you know they're wearing in when harry met sally but i want to wear those outfits i feel like they belong to me Exactly. Get your hands off our outfits, you young teen bitches. <laughs> um, uh, so do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, great. Um, I 
honestly cannot remember why I decided that we, I simply insisted that we had to do this, but I came across an article about this topic and I was like, this is so fascinating. And it really is. And it's such a great slice of the nineties that I decided to do our topic on fruitopia. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Now I guarantee none of you like little kiddos listening to this podcast have ever had a single or married fucking sip of Fruitopia. So top that. That's true. Cause we're going to find out it really came and went like the wind. So, um, I got literally every piece of information from this, uh, for this, from an article in Atlas Obscura. Oh, nice. From 2016 called the rise and fall of Fruitopia by Kara Giamo. Sorry. It's G I A I M O. Giamo. Giamo. Um, and so I'm going to directly quote from it to start us Great. off. Um, she begins by saying, like so many superheroes from, sorry, like so many superheroes, Fruitopia was engineered in response to a threat. So when the 90s started rolling around, interest in regular soda began to lessen And people started getting into new age drinks or alternative drinks, which I think is really funny because I used to describe myself as an alternative. (laughs) One word. I was like, I'm alternative, which is like, it wasn't, I didn't make that up. That was the thing that people were saying. It was totally, I mean, was alternative not one of the biggest buzzwords of the 90s? Like, absolutely. I just think it's funny that Coca Cola was like, where everyone is like, alternative drinks that you buy at the grocery store. I'm like, that's the opposite of what alternative people were supposed to be into. But, Totally. I digress. Um, the big winner of the alternative drinks was Snapple. And according to this article, and we did a whole Snapple episode, but I don't remember this, but you probably mentioned it, but they actually prided themselves on being a healthy drink. Like a, yeah. And that's insane. Uh, it is. It had like plenty of corn syrup in it, I'm sure. So much. It's so sugary. Um, and their commercials with Lampoon sugary sodas and you know position them as superior to those even though they probably had the exact same amount of sugar maybe even more totally you know um, that like one bottle of snapple has like 200 calories in it yeah 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 that's why they yeah. always drink diet snapple on friends uh mm-hmm. totally <laughs> smart smart friends so yeah alternative drinks were taking off i guess people wanted to still buy things from coca-cola while rejecting the man and doing yoga but uh, according to the new york <laughs> times in 1994, sales of such alternative drinks have exploded. That's all we have from them. Good <laughs> reporting. Um, so then Coke decided to get in on it. They needed to, they were like, we simply must compete with Snapple, our greatest enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, Coca-Cola insists that they are the ones who came up with the name Fruitopia. However, mysteriously, the students who attended Ohio's Miami University. This is a confusing thing. So it's a Miami University, but it's located here in Ohio next to me, not in Miami, Florida. That is very confusing. Um, But so the marketing students at a Miami University in Ohio also remember coming up with the name Fruitopia. There was a nationwide Coca-Cola contest in 1991 and they say that Coke threw out all the other aspects of their design and their marketing, but they did keep the name. And they themselves got a pin for winning the contest, but Coke does no longer gives them any credit for it. So a pin? 
One like pin a, to share like a, with between like a, all of them? I think maybe they all get a pen. It's like a Coca-Cola writing pen. Like who gives a oh, shit? A pen. I think it's had a pin, but still, do you want to wear the pen pin today? Pin or pen? I'm now I'm still confused if we're talking about a pin or a pen. Either way, Which, it's very cheap. It's a pen. It's cheap to give one <laughs> pen to a whole group of people. <laughs> um so, you know, while Coca-Cola is running around being super shady, three years later they had developed six flavors of Fruitopia, the stolen drink beverage name. Wow. Uh, but they didn't have a concept. They didn't have a marketing concept. They just had this like non-carbonated fruit flavored beverage that if you think about it now, it's fascinating that it became so popular. But um, <laughs> we're going to talk about why that was. So they hired, well, they didn't hire. He already worked for them. They pulled in Sergio Zyman, the bad boy of Coca-Cola's marketing <laughs> department. <laughs> I'm picturing him uh, kind of like Ben Stiller in Reality Bites. Yeah. Um, he, so he, this guy's career is fascinating to me. So he is famous for Diet Coke and my personal favorite, Cherry Coke. Oh, yeah. So like, I feel like if you invented Cherry Coke, you can retire. In my What's opinion. his name? Pistachio? Nope. Zergio Zyman. Zergio. Sorry. For some reason, I thought you said pistachio. No, that was earlier when we were talking about Italian ice cream. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Try and stay with me here. <laughs> so, okay. Sergio, the bad boy of the Coca-Cola marketing department, is famous for Diet Coke and Cherry Coke. He's infamous, <laughs> or infamous. <laughs> Nobody knows how to pronounce that. Uh, he's infamous for both new Coke and this that I don't know if I ever, or if I knew about it, I had forgotten about it. We may have even talked about it before, but. He's made something called OK Soda. What? No. Orange soda marketed to basically the generation of teenagers who literally is not marketable to, which was the 90s generation. They're just like, everyone just like so like, like generation. So like, they don't care about anything. So I'm just going to give them a soda called OK Soda. (laughs) And it was orange flavored, which to me is... (laughs) I don't know. That's okay. It's okay. You make it clear, you know? Yeah, that's Um, very interesting. Or okay soda. Huh. So, Zyman, I don't know how he made his living as a famous person because his first move is he just brought in an ad agency. (laughs) So, I don't know why he is so lauded. But um, he brought in an ad agency that was famous for their offbeat work with Jiffy condoms and Apple computers. Jiffy condoms? Yeah, they didn't Not affiliated with the peanut butter. No, J-I-F-F-I. Oh, interesting. Because, you know, if you mix peanut butter and condoms, it's the same thing as if you mix peanut butter and gum. Have you ever done that and it just disintegrates? No, I did not know that <laughs> on either front. <laughs> but... You never had, like, peanut butter in your mouth and then tried chewing a piece of gum and it, like, turns into, like, liquid? Why would you... <laughs> Why would you put gum in your mouth if you have peanut butter in there? Because I was a child. I put all kinds of things in my mouth and nose. Peanut. Uh, I did not mean to say penis. I meant to say pennies. Don't. I, everything was fine. I did not have any penises in my mouth until I was like, I don't know, 25. Last night. Uh, okay. Whatever. Sorry. I'm sorry. Proceed at your own risk with peanut butter and all sorts of, I guess, rubber-related items. Yeah. Um, so they started the marketing strategy. They they came up with these names. They were, you know, 
Snapple had pretty straightforward names like peach raspberry, but they came up with citrus consciousness, uh, strawberry passion awareness. That was my favorite. Totally. Child. And the grape beyond. Oh, but a grape flavored. I don't Which, know. I don't remember the grape fruitopia, but I never liked grape stuff. So I like grape soda. Yeah, it's not really my thing. Um, oh, grape soda. I think it's delicious. Like a Welch's white grape soda. No, That's I like the purple good. grape and Welch's grape jelly. Yeah, I love grape jelly, of course. Yeah. Um, the tagline, the initial tagline that the ad agency came up with was, if your mouth can't say something nice, put something nice in it. <laughs> so we sort of foreshadowed that earlier. Very funny. Um, and the other tagline was, lemonade, love, hope. Two-thirds appear in the Old Testament. <laughs> Which, whoa i really know what that means i guess people were like rejecting religion in the 90s really you know reject, rejecting the man on all fronts except for they're still buying this coca-cola fucking sugar water um zyman when they released the product announced to the team this is not so much a product as it is an attitude and coke wow. really poured a shit ton of money into this marketing deal so they hired a bunch of teens to go pass out free bottles of raspberry psychic lemonade in 70s psychedelic printed school buses all over the country. Um, I think I remember that. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Uh, they were the first company ever to take out, to take over an entire subway car with their ad uh, in New York. I'm sorry, sorry my upstairs neighbor... <laughs> without failure anytime we record the podcast which today is on a different day like <laughs> clomps down the stairs with like or clomps around upstairs and I really like them and I don't think they're doing it on purpose they're like friends of mine but it's like the weirdest thing like only when I'm recording the podcast do I ever even hear them yeah I'm, I just got totally distracted so repeat they got the school bus they're the first company in history to take over a whole subway car oh in new york right okay interesting with just the ads not the actual drink flowing through the car they didn't fill the whole drink with drinks no because it's they're not they're not watertight um the which is why if you ever are going underwater in one of those and something happens you're dead immediately so um just think about that the next time you go under the water yeah (laughs) spooky scary so this is interesting to me because I feel like the 90s was the, t- the time of like when selling out was like the thing that you would not do as an artist. Like being selling out like became totally fine in the, in the 2000s. But I think mm-hmm. that in the 90s, like that's something like that you would never be commercial. You would never sell out, you know, you two canceled other contests or other concerts because whatever ticket master was charging that extra surge but just like you know everybody yeah, was yeah. the 90s were definitely a time to like stand on a soapbox about like a cause and not to be a sellout for sure however at the same time it's also apparently perfectly fine to sell it so psychedelic commercials were created featuring music from kate bush and the cocktail twins which is really just, like, so funny to me do you remember those commercials it's just like a mouth and then like psychedelic fruits like spinning yes. around and around and around i do but i don't remember kate bush being i don't remember hearing any kate bush music in it kate bush wrote nine jingles for fruitopia commercials you know what she's probably still living she's probably living in a house right now that fruitopia built 
Well, now it's fine to sell out, but I think it's shocking that she did it in the 90s. And Very I say surprising. way to wait it out. Um, there are also things started to sort of slow down, though, pretty quickly after they, they it became really popular. But um, they decided to do some like more marketing stuff where if you had a bottle cap, you could trade it for stuff at Blockbuster. Do you remember that? Maybe. Like, it sounds vaguely familiar. Like, bring your bottle cap in and like get like a free rental or something. How interesting. Um, Marlo or Marlo. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, this is like peak Fruitopia popularity. Uh, he came out and said that it was his favorite drink of all Oh time. my God. What kind do you think he liked the best? The strawberry passionate evening? I hope he wasn't drinking the grape beyond because that would make me feel <laughs> more completely ambivalent about him than I already do. Uh, you think maybe he was drinking the what's eating Gilbert grape beyond? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, come on. That's my best, my best Leonardo DiCaprio pun I've made this whole podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I think you can work on it. Maybe I should re maybe I should revisit the love letter I wrote to him. See if there's um, any great material in there. According to, yeah, if you guys want to go back in time, don't forget that we read that entire love letter on the air <laughs> on this podcast. Right in the middle of COVID. What's it's not so to like? Funny. <laughs> so, funny. Um, so, according to this article, Fruitopia reached max pop culture saturation when it was mentioned on The Simpsons. So, it's mentioned on the episode They Saved Lisa's Brain. Okay. And this is the episode where Lisa joins Mensa and she meets Stephen Hawking. Oh, of course. Steve, Steve Stephen Martin. Hawking. Stephen Hawking says, I wanted to see your utopia, but now I see it more as fruitopia. Amazing. And that was really the beginning of the end. So by 96, the there was a merger with Coca-Cola's department that had fruitopia, ended up being with Pepsi, which is obviously the competitor. And this other ad agency took over is very Mad Men-esque and they were much more conservative and super old. And like Don Draper probably was still working there at the time. And so they were like, we're too conservative for this. So we're going to like basically not do anything with it. Um, and they came up with a really lame slogan that was fruit period, unite period refreshment happens. And yeah. that made fans have a backlash against them, which I think it's hilarious loving a drink so much that you backlash against its tagline, but <laughs> that was amazing. It was before the internet. So, um, <laughs> the fan said that that tagline was lame and it was obvious that Fruitopia was taking itself too seriously. So they changed their tagline to Fruitopia. We just want to make you feel good, which is obviously desperate sounding. What? Nobody wants that. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's like so, a sad, yeah. sad, like boyfriend, like a husband that's been like cheated on and like cuckolded, and then he's like, <laughs> "I just want to please, just want to make you feel good, baby." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. So this was the the end times. They've struggled along. RC Cola sued them for uh -oh. paying grocery stores to display it. So apparently, it, uh, the beginning of the marketing they would pay grocery stores extra money to display fruitopia wow bribery um, yeah and then it also came out that coca-cola was trying to make a madison wisconsin high school include it in its core nutrition curriculum <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, grapes are great source fanta accidents i mean we we all know that 
So, yeah, it, this was in 1996, but it dragged itself along, limp and almost dead, until 2003, when it oh, officially wow. was called off. You ever um, wonder who got the last Fruitopia? Well, it depends on how you define Fruitopia, because you can still find it in Canada. The different names, but oh. they're like strawberry, passion, fruit, friendship, but they're the same, like, formulation. <laughs> wow. Sweet. The author of the article tried to get it shipped to the U.S. to no avail. So you have to go up there, which you're not oh allowed to gosh. do right now. So Good Canadians, listen, I know uh, that it's a little bit hard up there right now, but please break your quarantine, bring us some Fruitopia or else. <laughs> and just throw in some clearly Canadians, even though they do have those at Walmart, I guess. You know, it's funny because I scribbled here in my notes, clearly Canadian as something I wanted to bring up as a favorite beverage of mine. From the <laughs> 1990s, clearly Canadian was the best, and I remember that their com- their commercials were like very like woodland esque. It was like yeah. I think there was a moose crawl like yelling or something, whatever mooses do in the moonlight. I feel like I could be conflating it with Herbal Essences commercials, but I feel like there's a like you could see the forest like through the clear glass of the bottle, right? Like that was kind of the thing. Yes, yes, yes. And then there was also, of course, um, YooHoo and Orangina. Mm. Which yeah, I never me. drank any of those in the 90s. Oh. Only no clearly Canadian. You? No, I hate you. You hate Yoohoo? You know what? Yoohoo isn't really very good. It's very watery. It's gross. It's Why very watery. Like it? Yeah. Fuck. It's not really much of a milk at all, to be honest, Yoohoo. But I drank a lot of Yoohoo. Uh, there was always a Yoohoo juice box in my lunch. And uh, I, I drank it. That's gross. That means it got warm. Yeah, warm yoohoo from a, from a box. <laughs> it explains Ooh. a lot about me. And I, I also was... want to mention, do you remember the drink that they had that was like clearly Canadian, except there was like gel bubbles in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like part of the new age drink beginning. It was, like what was the that aloe... I don't remember, but... Fuse. Fuse. Oh my God, I love that shit. Yeah. And there was also another one that I, I was like, I need to look this up, but I didn't have time. But it had like a, it has like a, you know, a vaguely Asian dragon on it. And they had like, like dragon fruit flavor. Sobe. Sobe. Yeah. You remember those? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. <laughs> and then also. Uh, Big college drink for me. Sobe was great. And then um, I want to just talk about, this is a little different, but uh, brisk, I, Lipton brisk iced tea. Oh yeah. Was that the nineties when you, the. Nesty when it came out. Nesty. No, Nesty was different. The Nesty Plunge. Oh my God. Wait, Nesty, I almost completely forgot about. Yeah, we should do an episode about that. It's probably, okay. it, remember the commercials where they go down a huge water slide? Yes, dude. I almost completely forgot all about Nesty. I was thinking of Lipton Brisk Ice Tea, which tasted terrible. It tasted like spicy or something. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? It has like a weird yes. spicy flavor. And it had like that lemon oil in it too. The lemon ones, it's terrible. I think it was the lemon oil because it had this like really aggressive, phony flavor that tasted very strange to my child palate. And I bet my adult palate as well. And then of course, the the biggest iced tea of the 90s, Arizona iced tea. Oh yeah, Arizona. I never really got into Arizona. It wasn't really my thing. I loved it. And it came in a giant bottle with like a wide mouth. And then they had like the weird, like honey ginseng flavor. Oh yeah. 
I am um, trying. I was like trying to remember, like when I was a teen, like driving around in my car in Beach Grove, where I am right now. I was like, what did I like get to drink? But I think I mostly just got fountain soda from the gas station. I think that's probably what I was always hmm. reaching I, for. I drank a lot of samples. I definitely like remember drinking Fruitopia, but I wasn't like very into Fruitopia. I was very into Snapple in my house we would do we were like mango madness of course the regular Mm. lemon flavored snapple iced tea mango madness was very big with us and the fucking sleeper hit best snapple i think all the time i'm sure you probably won't like this but it was very (laughs) very popular and of course the peach iced tea was delicious um loved the peach iced tea fucking mint iced tea snapple mint iced tea was so bomb it was so fucking good We'd always have it in the house. I'd always get it with like a deli sandwich. Deli culture was huge growing up in Long Island. And I would always get like a turkey sandwich with like extra mayo and mustard and American cheese mm-hmm. and, That's good. and a mint iced tea. Yeah. On a bagel. A fucking what? sandwich on a bagel with, yeah, I mean... Well, I used to, I think I've said this on the podcast like 150 times, but I used to, my mom used to buy Linden's, like the grocery store bagels. Blender's bagels. Yeah. And yeah, I would, those. I would toast them, put American cheese on it and mustard. And that would be my meal. <laughs> That's a condiment sandwich. Our good friend, Rudy, uh, used to always make condiment sandwiches. And, you know, even when we were like teens and in our twenties and, he was like known for making the most epic condiment sandwiches of all time: relish, ketchup, mayo, mustard, whatever, honey mustard, barbecue sauce. Yeah, and like put every condiment on a sandwich and eat that. And like, honestly, that's delicious. I would eat that right now. Yeah, it's very affordable too. Very affordable, and like, yeah, a good move if you don't really have anything in the house or you're trying to save money. Make yourself a fucking condiment sandwich. It's satisfying. It's a good snack. <laughs> I'm into it. Um, well, that is an amazing story. Should we take a quick break and then we'll come back and do our top three? Sure. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Yolele, a revolutionary African foods company based in Brooklyn, New York. Yolele was founded by Senegalese chef, activist, and cookbook author Pierre Thiam. Yolele creates income opportunities for smallholder farming communities, supports their sustainable farming practices, and shares Africa's ingredients and cuisines with the world, starting with Fonio. Fonio is a delicious, nutrient-dense, gluten-free ancient West African grain. Fonio is also drought-resistant, so it's good for the planet. Yolele is creating a market for Fonio and other African crops grown under resilient farming systems to foster a more biodiverse, drought-tolerant landscape across West Africa. Try Yolele's Fonio, quick-cooking Fonio pilafs, and new Fonio chips, boldly flavored with the ingredients and flavors of West Africa. Sign up for their newsletter for recipes, notes from the field, and culinary discourse, and get a free bag of Fonio with your next order of $32 or more. Learn more at yolele.com. That's Y-O-L-E-L-E dot com. And we're back. And we've already talked about everything we like. We didn't put them in order. It was kind of like a loosey-goosey top three. So... Should should you guys just take that and put it in your own order, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Order it for yourself. And you know what? Maybe this week 
we had a little interactive here, a little alternative, if you will, on Life's a Banquet. Why don't you tell us <laughs> your top three? <laughs> oh, yeah. If you were, you know, allowed to drink something besides breast milk in the 90s, what was your favorite thing to drink? <laughs> besides breast milk. You know what else I actually... um really remember drinking a lot of but wasn't great was caffeine free coke oh my mom so my mom would always buy soda for us she would buy us two liters and she would get herself a case like a 12 pack of caffeine free diet coke which is the grossest shit it's like not very carbonated it's horrible it does come in a very attractive gold can which i do like the gold can was extremely classy and we'd always have them because I think I was like annoying enough to a single parent where my mom was like, I'm not also adding caffeine to the mix with this fucking thing. <laughs> like, I feel like the caffeine and Coke doesn't really impact me in a way that's like significant where I would need the caffeine free. But that also reminds me of Bark's root beer, which Ooh. is the root beer that was caffeinated. Which like oh, Bark's has bite. Yeah, that's what Bark's has bite means. That it means was that the bite. Their root beer has caffeine and other root beers are lame and square and they don't have caffeine. Oh, Bark's root beer is very good though. In a can, delicious. Oh, an ice cold Bark's root beer? Oh yeah. Ooh, man. I love, I love fruit beer. Love it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think those pretty much cover all my favorite nineties drinks. We are leaving out, of course, um, Zima, but that is a, an alcoholic, alcoholic drink. drink. And yeah. absolute vodka. And Goldschlager. Oh God. <laughs> well, we have so much, we can keep this nineties. We could just turn this into a nineties like drinks podcast if we really want to. Yeah. That also fits with the Ben Affleck theme anyway. So it's literally fine. What do you think? How many Zimas do you think Ben Affleck would have to drink to pass out? <laughs> I mean, he's a large man. So probably like 30, 30 Zimas before he passed out. Jesus Christ. Well, he might go into a diabetic cone before that. Oh my God. Um, you can't really find Zima anymore. I thought like they remarketed it, but it's now once again gone. No, it's not around. Damn, that sucks. If anyone has like one of those like bunker Zimas, holler at us. Give it to <laughs> us. <laughs> okay. Well, you're gonna hear part two of this episode next week. Um, when I tell you my story of the 1990s. <laughs> By the time you hear, by the time we get to next week, Ben Affleck could have been elected America's next president. We don't, we don't know. JLo could be pregnant. Oh my God. What the fuck? That's crazy. Okay. Well, hasta la pasta, babarinos. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.